Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sermon Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Monday, December 6th, 2021. Our catechesis takes a turn now uh, through the, se- the rest of the season of Advent as we hear stories pertaining uh, to the church year, all then leading up, of course, to our celebration of uh, Christ's birth at the Nativity. So therefore, uh, yeah, we'll take a little break. What better Advent preparation than to read through the infancy narratives, everything leading up to the birth of Christ from both Old and New Testaments. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the, and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our memory verse for this week. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. John 10, verses 27 through 28. Our psalm is Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever, and killed mighty kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever, and Og, king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever, gave their land as a heritage, for his steadfast love endures forever, a heritage to Israel his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. 
He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the, to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. So, uh, obviously, the psalm is a little bit repetitive. Of course, that's not because uh, the words are false, they're true, and uh, but rather we don't really believe them. And so, you'll note uh, that, I think I mentioned this on Saturday, that Psalm 135 and now today's Psalm 136 are very much the same. Um, they have the same overall structure. They mention a lot of the same things. Um, but here, there's that insertion of, for his steadfast love endures forever within Psalm. So compare Psalm 135 to 136, and you'll see that, um, you know, this is a, a cry out of acclamation that in everything that God has done for us, from making us to redeeming us and to preserving us each and every day, that's the three parts, the three sections. In all of that, it's it's the love, the steadfast, the chesed in Hebrew, the steadfast love of the Lord that endures forever. All right. So it's uh, it's for the sake of faith that we confess it with such repetition. All right. Our Old Testament reading, which will also pertain to our cat reading for catechesis, is from Daniel chapter nine. Hmm. I like the comment before I read here from Don. Anything good is worth repeating. It seems like I've heard that somewhere. Is that a famous saying? Is that a saying from uh, somebody I should know? I don't know. All right. So as I said, um, Daniel 9, verses 20 to 27. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war of desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. All right. As I said, this is going to pertain um, to our reading about Zechariah, the priest, in the temple. Um, but you'll note also, as we're in the end of the church here, we hear about the abomination of desolation as foretold by the prophet Daniel, right? And here it is. Here's the reading. So um, there's a lot going on here of numerology. Um, obviously, the pattern and type that he's setting forward is the life of Christ. But I think also then um, the overarching 
experience we have as Christians in um, the history of time, right? So uh, we could talk more about that, but uh, that's probably sufficient for now. All right, our reading then for catechesis is from Luke chapter 1. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the days these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he had come out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among the people. Beautiful. Okay. So uh, maybe a familiar reading to you. I hear it every year around this time, but uh, worth our deep exploration today. Oh, relatively. All right. So who's Ze- Zechariah? A priest of the division of Abijah, right? It's like a household, a family of the priests. Uh, what's his wife's name? Elizabeth, right? Uh, of the house of Aaron. What Old Testament couple uh, do they remind us of, do you think? Two servants of the Lord, old in age, but without a child, without a son. That would be Abraham and Sarah. That's right. All right. What is Luke telling us about Zechariah and Elizabeth here in verse 6, this key verse? They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Right? Now, what does this mean? They were righteous before God, walking in the commandments of the Lord. Does this mean that they were perfect all the time? That they never um, transgressed against the Lord's commandment? (laughs) Uh, That's never what it means in the Bible when someone's declared righteous. Never, actually. You won't find it. Um, 
that isn't to say there aren't many people who will impose that kind of meaning upon the text, but you won't find it in the scripture. Think of this one, for example, Genesis 15. Uh, this is with, uh, is this with Abraham, right? Um, so God makes a promise, right? Behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but the one uh, who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And then he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be, right? So an incredible promise made to Abram, right? Because he was childless, his heir would have been um, Eliezer of Damascus, right? Um, but then listen to this, what, what Moses records. And Abram believed in the Lord, and he, the Lord, accounted it to him, Abram, for righteousness, right? So he's accounted righteous for the sake of faith given by the Holy Spirit. That's the key. That's the key. So uh, think of like Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. This is the work of God, uh, lest anyone should boast, right? So by grace through faith, right? So God gives faith so that we believe, and it's on account of faith in Christ, namely, that our sins are forgiven and that we live justified. You might also think of Romans chapter 3. Get it exactly right here. Uh, where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but of, by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified, made right with God, righteous, by faith, apart from deeds of the law. Right? By faith, apart from deeds of the law. This is key, right? So the law is there, as we confess, um, yes, to guide them in the way they should go, uh, but always accusing them of their sin so that they would live trusting in the forgiveness of sins that was received um, by the promise, right? All right, so justified by faith, through, through, by grace, through faith alone. There we go. All right, then uh, what's uh, Zechariah doing here in the temple? Where was he? Serving as priest, serving as priest, all right? So maybe a little bit of background on this role. You can see that they kind of, um, they have a round robin of the different orders, the different divisions of the, the whole house of Aaron, of all the Levitical priests, or excuse me, houses of Levi, um, but his wife is of the house of Aaron. That's interesting. Um, think of Exodus 30, right? And this is specifically the instructions regards to the altar of incense, all right? So right here in our text. So here's God's instruction. Aaron shall burn on it, the altar of incense, sweet incense every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, so that's our text today, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not burn strange incense on it, or a burnt offering or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make, here's the key, Aaron shall make atonement upon, upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. So each day they would burn incense morning and evening, right? So this is the offices of Matins and Vespers, if you like, in the Western Church. Um, those are the prayer offices, the altar, the offices when incense would be burned and prayer would be offered in the Western Church, as much as it was um, since the time of Moses, all right? Um, unfortunately, we've kind of lost that. And then, uh, um, but the other aspect is here, once a year, atonement is made upon that altar of incense by the blood of the offering of atonement, all right? So all the holy vessels within the church um, are sprinkled with that blood of atonement each year. All right, so that's what he's about, serving as priest in the temple, offering the incense at the evening hour, all right? 
Um, but here's here's the question: For what was Zechariah praying? Right? Because we'll hear the angel say that he's answered his prayer. He wasn't praying for a son. It might seem like that's what because that's what he receives. Um, but that's not exactly what the angel says. So what is he praying for? Well, let's go back to Daniel. Scroll up on your screen. You'll see it. Here's Daniel confessing the sins of Israel, right? Presenting my supplication before the Lord, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel. This is at the evening, the hour of the evening sacrifice or the evening um, prayers. That's Daniel is just continuing what he received um, from Moses and Aaron, right? even though he's doing it without the altar of incense uh, because he's in exile in Babylon, right? Okay. So what is he praying for? The sin, his sins, the sins of Israel, and praying for the holy mountain of God, namely, uh, for a savior to be born according to the Lord's promise, right? So uh, the, this is an interesting feature of the liturgical life of the people before the advent of Christ um, in the flesh, born of the Virgin Mary is that they were praying daily, morning and um, evening, for the Lord to come and to forgive the sins of the people. Something to be learned there, isn't there not? All right. We missed that because we think the Old Testament all about the sacrifices, not about the word that's attached to the sacrifices. Uh, if We haven't done it, but it would be a lovely Bible study for us is to go through the book of Leviticus. I've done it once. I did it with a congregation in uh, Indiana. And... Uh, it's not as obtuse as people think it is, or as abstract or just weird, weird rites and ceremonies. Everything, yes, is um, different than the way that we practice, but yet draws us to faith in Christ. You'll see it, um, but maybe someday. All right, there's too many books in the Bible and not enough time for us to study them all. Well, there's plenty of time to study them all. We can't study them all at once. <laughs> it takes time to get through them all. There we go. All right, so notice what the angel says. Let's scroll back down to the text. The angel says to him, do not be afraid for your prayer is heard, semicolon, uh, granted not in the original text, um, but it's clearly understood. And, and the, the chi here in Greek, the conjunction, right? The prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, right? That's an additional gift on top of the gift of the promise of the Savior who will come to save the people and to make atonement for the sins of Zechariah and for the nation, all right? What's the child's name to be? Again, the angel tells him, John, right? And who would he be like? Right right here is your hint to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That should sound familiar to you. That's right. We heard it yesterday in the uh, sermon preaching on Malachi. All right. Um, the sermon was on Malachi 4, but listen to Malachi 3. This will sound familiar to you. Behold, I send my messenger. And he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner. He is like a refiner's fire and like the launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness that's in his righteousness right but notice i send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me right that is to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared in the lord this is to be a messenger like elijah preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sins right it's all there turn 
Oh, repentance, by the way, is right here in verse 16. To turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. That's what it means to repent, is to be turned around or turned away from oneself back toward God. Uh, in Greek here, it is uh, it is to turn, um, but repentance literally in Greek is metanoia, to change one's mind about one's sin, about who they are apart from Christ, and to return to him. Right? It's all a gift of the, of the word working um, by way of the Spirit. But why was Zechariah silenced? <laughs> it's because of his words right here in verse 18. Um, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man, my wife is well advanced in years. In other words, he disagrees with the angel. He doubts the angel's word. Because he doubts the angel, he's doubting God, uh, who will fulfill the promise. He shouldn't be surprised. God's done this repeatedly, opening the wife, or excuse me, the womb of, of uh, barren women, and namely uh, the barren wives of the promise. So uh, maybe he's thinking because he's not within the seed line, because he's of the house of Aaron and out of the house of Judah. Maybe he's thinking doesn't apply to him. Ah, God's done this, right? We have Abraham and Sarah. We have uh, Rachel um, with uh, Jacob. Many examples. Of course, the, the preeminent one if, is he conceives in the womb of Mary, even without a man, right? All right, so he's giving him and his wife a son who would be the forerunner of the Messiah. Um, you think a priest, too, of the order of Abijah, like Zechariah, would know the promises of the prophets, Isaiah, Malachi, Micah, etc., Haggai, Zechariah, they all promised this. Hmm. What two things did Elizabeth then confess about her pregnancy after she conceived? Right here in verse 25, he has dealt well with, or he's dealt with me in the days he has, when he has looked to me, he looked upon her, right? This is like the Aaronic benediction. House of Aaron, Aaronic benediction at the end of the divine service, right? May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace, right? The God has looked upon her with favor. The benediction of Aaron has been applied to the daughter of Aaron. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, I've never actually thought of that before, but it's pretty neat. Uh, and had taken away her reproach, the reproach before others, right, who have judged her um, by because of the way that their family line will, will end without a son, right? So he's taken away her reproach of not having children. All right, so this is from Luke's Gospel, and the symbol for Luke's Gospel is a winged bull, which illustrates his theme of sacrifice and Christ's fulfillment of the law. All right, so sacrifice, the bull, and then fulfillment of the law, um, the message of the angel. Luke also stresses that the preaching of repentance and the forgiveness of sins is the message of the church, and that this word is the greatest treasure, for it reveals and bestows Christ. The opening of the Gospel presents Zechariah and Elizabeth who received the gift of a son, like Abraham and Sarah did. It indicates that God was remembering his promise to his people, just as the name Zechariah, which means Yahweh remembers, proclaims. Zechariah failed to believe that the Messiah was going to come, and he was silenced until his son came as a sign of the fulfillment of the promise. It is always the word of promise which faith keeps or holds fast. All right, change this quickly here. Our catechism this week is the second and third petition. Second petition is, thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition it may come among us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. Third petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come, and when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is his good and gracious will. We pray. Heavenly Father, your kingdom comes to us wherever the gospel of Jesus is preached and his sacraments are administered. Through these gifts, you give us your Holy Spirit and create faith in our hearts. We give thanks to you for these gifts. We give thanks to you for the promise that Jesus will come again in glory on the last day to give us all the fullness of his kingdom. Forgive us for failing to pray for the coming of your kingdom. By your word and spirit, reign in our hearts and in the spirit, so that by your grace we believe your holy word and lead godly lives here in time and forever after in eternity. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right, one second. Uh, my computer is not behaving. Give me one moment here. <laughs> Need to be a little preemptive. I forgot to put the hymn in. All right, there we go. Good, let's pray today for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray yesterday with Willis, who celebrated his birthday, today with Adam. We give thanksgiving with Mason, who yesterday celebrated his baptism, and today, Hannah. We pray for the households of our church, especially this week with Linda and Monty, Wayne and Mary, Doug and Nicole, uh, the Manzics, the Seviams, and also Vicki. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Kelsey, Frank, Amanda, Dan, Timothy, Janice, and Colin, Ken, Norm, Sandy, Kathy, Jim, Elaine, and Mike, our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis, Mickey, and Paul, our mission of the month, place of refuge. We ask the Lord to give us victory over temptations and for self-keeping from the devil's plots. It should be safekeeping. And we pray with the family and friends of uh, Roger, and uh, who died in the Lord yesterday, and also likely Rhonda, who is near death. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. Our hymn is Once He Came in Blessing. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. Come to you each morning at 9 a.m. Happy Advent to you all uh, as we continue to prepare ourselves for the Nativity of our Lord. Um, big thanks to those who decorated the church. Let's see what's coming up this week. Wednesday evening, we have our continuation of midweek catechesis on the holy life of Christian prayer. Uh, we'll be looking at St. Matthew this week. So that's Wednesday evening, so make plans to join us excuse me, then, uh, let's see, and I think, actually, this week uh, is kind of a calm before the storm, is it not? Yeah, look in here. Yep, Adel Christmas Parade is Saturday, Sunday is Advent 3, Gaudita, 
right? Um, and then things start to ramp up a little bit more. <laughs> all right. So Lord be with you all. Uh, keep you safe. And we'll see you again tomorrow morning.